Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, whenever you're joining us. Thank you for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women that are taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, the Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Feel a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Zama. Zama. I, th- I believe we've done that one before. Because when were we talking about Zima or something? Yes, uh, you're right. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I, I report. To, yeah, I, I'm going to go back to the same county. We're going okay. to Tala County. Yep. All right. Uh, I know we've done Possum Neck. We haven't done Ethel. I'm pretty sure we've done Ethel. I think we've done. I don't it. think so. Let's go with Hesterville. It'd be weird if it was in Hesterville. That'd be really weird. There you go. I got some family that's uh, Hester's from really? Webster County. I'm going to try to have a Hester on the show this week. We'll see how that, that turns out for us. All right. I'll do the rest of the. What are those scoundrels from LSU? Yes, yes. I got it's, it's it's a two part process. By the way, I text T Bob. I text Jacob Hester. And then I text Rivers Huey to let her know that I texted those two guys so that they'll answer me. Are you getting both of them? I'm going to try to get like one for one thing and one for the other. Like one for the live show and one for here. There you go. So Equal opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got this LSU week, man. We're in SEC play. It's time to start ramping up the content. So we'll, we'll have a lot That's of right. this week. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. It's so great to see you guys. Uh in your state script polos, your M over S polos, and now a lot of the interlocking MSU polos are showing up. Hopefully you're getting that stuff from College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. And, of course, you can always go look online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever it is, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant, drove past there a couple of times this weekend, and there were people outside every time waiting to get in because they know that's where the best meal in town is. And so if you're going to be back here this weekend, I mean, great chance to have dinner Friday night or Saturday night. Dinner is going to be wide open there after an 11 a.m. kickoff and then Sunday brunch. You want to make it to that as well. So if you want the best meal in town, lunch, dinner, or Sunday brunch, it's all in one place. It's all at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the one nearest you. And it's real simple, guys. Doing business in your community is always a smart move. You want to talk to people you know, people you go to church with, people you you uh, you, you see at schools, you see at the high school football games, things you you know these are the people you want to do business with. You eat at their restaurants, you uh, you shop at their stores. You should bank with them as well. If you live in Central Mississippi, there is a Priority One Bank near you. So give them a call. 
set up an account that's going to pay off big dividends for you in the future. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Mississippi State 31, Arizona 24 in overtime. A victory for the Bulldogs like we predicted, but nothing like what we predicted. Nothing like what anybody coming into that stadium probably thought was going to happen Saturday night. So what did happen? Where did it go wrong? How did it get right for the Bulldogs? I have the man to ask. Tell them, Falk. Well, this isn't. This wasn't a loss. But I'm going to tell you right now. I always love when one of the bright spots of a loss or a poor performance is. I know I'm going to get that kind of. It makes me laugh every time. Go ahead. I feel like I feel like that one that perfectly states what this game was. Mm-hmm. The well, mm-hmm. like it, like. You know, it's it's kind of it's you know it's good that you won, but it's still kind of like a eh, like the right the uh, you know the gif of a uh, Larry David where he's like that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so that's how I felt whenever I, I left the stadium on on Saturday night. I just didn't really know how to feel. I had mixed emotions on the game. I thought it was good that Mississippi State was able to find a way to win that game, but I felt the exact same way leaving that game as I did leaving the Auburn game last year. Mm-hmm. Exact same feeling. That was an overtime win against Auburn and it was an overtime win against Arizona. Now, State followed up that Auburn law, uh, win by winning two out of the last three games of the season, so it's not you know a perfect in, uh, indicator of what this team is going to be moving forward, but it was just a game that was just – Meh for me. I thought that Mississippi State had all the pieces in place to win this game by three touchdowns, mm-hmm. maybe even more. They came in first quarter, d- dominated the offensive and defensive lines. They dominated up front. They were picking up eight yards of carry. Mm-hmm. They were constantly in the backfield. They made it very difficult for Jaden Delora to get anything done. And I thought they just kind of coasted from there. I didn't think it – they, it ever felt like Mississippi State just put their foot on the gas and came out there and just said, we were, we're going to kill you on live television in front of everyone, just like the Gladiators did, and we're going to um, run away with this game. And they never did. They, they never were able to take control of the ball game. So I think that's a, the, the game plan that we saw and the inability to adjust was concerning to me. The the only thing that I can really take away that is positive other than the fact that they won the ball game is we have seen Mississippi State's offense in the first two games look um, explosive at times, have some kind of uh, ingenuity to it, it's some excitement to it, changing it up, things like that. Saturday just wasn't it. Now, if they come out on Saturday and play LSU – the way that they did on against Arizona, they're going to get blown off the field. Right. They cannot have a ball game like that. But I thought it was very disappointing to see the play calling, the usage of the playmakers in the game. Didn't see Xavier Thomas almost at all on offense. Didn't see Creed Whittemore. Um, it was you know the same old thing over and over, running the football, and they had success running it. That's what's so strange about this game. They dominated on the ground with Jaquavius Marks. Another 100-plus yard game. I thought, you know, the backups had some nice uh, runs. Tula Griffin might have been his best game receiving. I think Will Rogers completed like 78% of his passes. I mean, 
if you just looked at it with, from you know that standpoint, it looks like it's a great game. But then when you step back and see the how the game played out, it was really kind of disappointing to see the lack of adjustments offensively, kind of trying to to put the defense on its heels. It was just the same stuff over and over. And I think that that's a problem in the SEC. If you do that in the SEC, you're going to get beat. Defensively, I thought uh, secondary and the coverage was terrible, um, quite frankly. I didn't think they were ever in position to make plays. We saw a, uh, a great game from the linebackers. Sean Preston, I thought, had a really good game. Defensive line at times wasn't getting pushed. I mean, it was just overall just a, a blah, meh game for Mississippi State. And it's one of those you celebrate because you win, but you got to turn around now and completely forget about this game and have a totally different game plan because if you do that on Saturday, it's going to be a bad day for Mississippi State. They've, they've got to have a totally different game against LSU. Yeah, there's no, there's no getting around that fact. I mean, there just isn't. If, if State plays that game, the same game they played Saturday against LSU, they're, they're going to lose by three touchdowns plus. Uh, yeah. It's going to be an embarrassment. So they've, they've, they've got a lot to get fixed. And they got a lot, you know, a week after I thought they were really, really solid, and I was just like, okay, we'll see. This, 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 about what I thought it was going to look like, they, they, they completely reverted. And we'll talk about some of that obviously coming up, but it just a, just a strange game. And, and if you're one of those people who likes to buy into the idea that they were vanilla to not show LSU, and somebody tweeted me a lot because I asked about Mike Wright. I said, you know, I can't believe he hasn't carried the ball yet. And somebody says, well, they just don't want to be on film for LSU. And it's like, do you think LSU only gets one week of film? They can look at last week. You know, I mean, what are we talking about here? So it's just. Well, not to mention, this isn't the game that you do that. Right. Or you might. Like, why, like why, why would you do that? Why would you not do that against Southeastern Louisiana, right. but do it against Arizona? Why, because they were much more creative against Southeastern Louisiana. Even if you're, you come into that game thinking, okay, maybe we can just dominate the line of scrimmage here and, and you know, do, do as little as possible to win. Once it became obvious that wasn't the case, you've got to change what you're doing. You got yeah. to make those adjustments. So that's that's something to talk about. We'll talk about it right now. Uh, as soon as we talk about you know some of our sponsors, I want to thank our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Beef, it's what's for dinner. We were talking about Mississippi State's offensive line. I mean they've they've been pushing people around these uh, these past first couple games running the football. It's because they eat beef. So if you want to be big and strong like Dollar Bill Johnson, you need to eat beef, burgers, steaks, brisket. The man eats all he can get his hands on, as far as I know. I don't know if that's true. I, I better not say anything about him. He might come at me for a dollar. He might charge me for NIL. I might need to. He's going to toss you like they do the hay toss every summer. Buddy, I weigh a lot more than that hay bale. I'll tell you that. That's, he ain't, hey, ain't uh, nobody tossing me. I'm not a dwarf. Do you, do you remember whenever we were, I think it was the rumblings, and somebody had mentioned like doing wrestling moves on your friends or whatever. Yeah. And I, I told you about my friend, Kyle Dickerson, that did the torture rack. Yeah. So apparently this is like running joke at the uh, hospital that he works at with all of his friends. They listen to the show and they, they just think it's hilarious that he torture act everybody on the, um, the playground. Mm -hmm. I saw him yesterday. He is, he has told me he wants to come to the studio and give you a torture rack. He said he's been working out. He feels like he can lift you up. And I, I told him you're, you're starting to get slim and trim. You might, he might could actually do it. There's no way he could possibly do it. He not, might can, man. Not physically. He might possible. can. He, right. he is very confident in this. If I get injured, he's paying my medical bills. Oh, my back. 
No, I'm just saying if he drops me on my head. Do have some good counsel in um, John Sokoloff. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my attorney at law, yeah. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Again, another restaurant that was busy all weekend. Great to see you guys supporting our sponsors. And you'll need to be back this weekend. After the game, Two Brothers will be buzzing. It'll be a great place to watch the evening games. Uh, grab a great meal. And if you're staying out late, you're hanging out in the Cotton District, it's a great place to hang out there as well. It's smoked southern soul food right in the middle of the best part of Starkville. It's Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. Everybody talks about it. They are they be, they be about it at Advantage Business Systems, and they have been for forty eight years. That's a long time to do anything, but keeping a business open that long—that's you know for a fact. Customer service is their watchword. So, when you need service, I'm sorry, when you need technology for your business, you need a new copier, a new printer, new laptops, information systems, mailing systems, whatever it is. You call Advantage Business Systems, and then if you need service, you call them back, and you talk to the same people who made you the sale. They're Mississippi people. They take care of you like a neighbor. It's 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, as I said earlier uh, on the show, it's so great to see everybody with new polos. Everybody is, is getting away from the banner M. And the Rogue is a big part of that. Great, stylish polos, the logos that you want, and, of course, the legendary customer service of one of the South's top men's clothing stores. It's all right there in their collegiate collection. And, you know, we're, it, it's it's starting. To, it's, it felt good this weekend. It means it's time to start thinking about maybe buying a new quarter zip, a new pullover. They got those for you at the Rogue as well. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Robbie Falk, it is time once again for our weekly tradition. By the way, what before before you get into this, real quick, Very did good. you see the the Mel Tucker stuff? He's he's apparently been been suspended or you, maybe fired. Are, I don't. You are smart enough to know that we're going to talk about that at the end of this. You, you, okay, you know that that's coming. Which, by uh, the way, you've already you've you've already thrown out the 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 sponsor for the most important part of I know, the show. I know that's, that's, that's two times in the, in, I'm, 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 we got to get back I'm on track I'm shaky you know I'm so used to my routine and yeah I gotta get back to it these are the things that are true Mississippi State versus Arizona I got 10 10, 10 things that are true Robbie and the good news about them is they're all one is is just as true as the other they're all true here we go uh, number one, Robbie, State has a game like this every football season. Mm-hmm. Every football season, State has a game where they play poorly. They play, I mean, when I say poorly, I mean poorly, but they still win. They still win. Last year, it was the Auburn game. The year before that, it was Louisiana Tech. The year before that, it was Vanderbilt. The year before that, it was, I had it, oh, where did it go? Oh, where did you go? It was the Egg Bowl. It was the Egg Bowl in 2019. 2018 mm-hmm. is like the one year where not really, right? They they either blew you out or they lost. And they won by double digits or they just didn't win at all. But 2017, you have... Um, Georgia. No, Georgia, they lost. They lost 31-3. Uh, 
Uh, 26. Oh, I thought I thought you meant just like a terrible offensive. No, I'm talking about a game there. where they play poorly but they win. It was Arkansas gotcha. in 2017. In 2016, yes. it was uh, South Carolina. They played poorly the whole game, but they got the way. Same and UMass. UMass was also one of that. That was just a team that played poorly that year. 16. I thought they blew out South Carolina. They won by 13, but that game was was not fun as I recall. Yeah, but Nick Fitzgerald, I think, had a good game. He did. Yeah, yeah, it was his first his first real full game as a starter. I continue though, my friend. Uh 2015. It's just every game. Auburn. They 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 didn't play great in that game against Auburn. 2014, Arkansas. They played terribly in that game, but they got the win at the end. 2013, Bowling Green. Uh 2012, Troy. 2011, Louisiana Tech. 2010, out UAB, and so on and so on. I, 20, 2009, maybe there's not one. Vanderbilt, they won 15-3. to three. Every year. Yeah, that was not a good game. It was like all field goals. Yeah. Every year, there's a game like this for Mississippi State. They play poorly. They win. You hope you got it out, you've got it out of your system. The only, the only thing that worries you is that this was, you know, this wasn't an SEC game. And, you know, because everything is so new, like all of those games I mentioned, for the most part, you're like, okay, you still kind of know what you have. This is one where you don't really know what you have. That's why I think the real f- frustration is there. So that's, but yeah. that being said, let's not act like this was the first time we've ever seen state play like crap, but still win. See it. What was funny is uh, I, that's one thing that I was thinking about last night. There was a throw on our board about going ahead and hiring Dan Mullen as the coach. Yeah. Brian, how many times did we leave a football game and those same threads that we saw on the board last night were made about Dan Mullen? Well, I mean, just off – Joe Moorhead and Mike Leach. I just listed eight games. Yeah. Or just like what I just described. So, yeah. And that, that that's that's just the wins. Yeah. About, about the losses. About the losses, yeah. So. I just want to have one game where everybody's on the same page that, you know what, that wasn't a good game. That that was a bad game plan, mm-hmm. terrible play calling. Mm-hmm. Can we just have one day where it's no. just let's call it no. what it is and no. not say Zach Arnett's got to be fired. We have no. to go get we have to get rid of Kevin Barbet immediately. We will not do that. I, I just don't understand, Brian. No. I just I, I I want a bigger sample size before I start saying people need to be fired. I'm I'm never understood that running straight to a website and saying. Everybody needs to be evacuated out of the state. Make, makes you feel better. That's 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 all it is. Well, I, I say that, and then today, as I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wished nothing but you know stomach viruses and everything on Matt Canada. So yeah. I can't, you know, at the end of the day, maybe I'm one of those people. There you go. Number two. I thought Darius Slay having a incredible game. Right Did now. you get another pick? Almost broke right. up a pass. Number two is kind of a question, but it's not even kind of a question. It is a question, but it's true. Why can't Mississippi State just ever have an exciting offense? Why can't State be the team that when they play poorly, it's because they they won 48-45 or they lost 48-45? Why is it always a grind every single time out? This is going back. When's the last time State was like exciting offensively? 2014? Yeah. I mean, it's painful. It's Every year, it's just like, it's just a grind. It's just like about- it's like it's just like it's not in their culture. 
Well, that's what I was gonna I was gonna say is like, you know, you people wonder why why does Ole Miss get so much publicity? Their games are exciting for the most part. Like when they lose, they at least put points on the board and it's back and forth a little bit. They don't they don't lose or it's just painful. Like the Kentucky game last year is painful to watch that game. The Alabama yeah. game, I mean, if state doesn't score in the last play of the game, that's three years without scoring a touchdown in Alabama. I mean, you had a moment in the Georgia game with Xavier Thomas, but, you know, the LSU game was boring last year. State plays boring football. Well, you know, I thought that I thought last week the offense looked pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. If, to me, I, I don't think it's a situation where the the scheme is bad. I don't think that the they have the players in the offense to do some big things. Mm-hmm. I thought yesterday was totally on play calling. Mm-hmm. I thought the play calling in the game plan was terrible. And I think that's to me that the that's what held them back at least yesterday is the fact that they just I think early on in the game they had that success run the football and Kevin Barbet said we can run for 500 yards on this team mm-hmm. and just wanted to keep doing it and it never got away from it. I mean, it's, I, it's just crazy to me that year in year out and what is an this is an entertainment product. Right? I think yeah. it's about entertainment. You're supposed to go in the game and enjoy it. And State plays just unenjoyable football. And I'm not saying it's just Barbet. Leach's games were un- unenjoyable at times. But for a lot of the times, Moorhead certainly were. Mullen at times, just like, what are they doing out there? Meanwhile, even in defeat, your conference rivals are just going up and down the field. And it's just, it's just, it's just tough. It's tough. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wait. I'm, I'm going to wait and see the yeah. rest of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, that's why I'm not saying, you know, he's got to change and blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, this is boring. I get well, it. yesterday was boring. Yeah, yesterday was boring. I like I, I need a larger sample size to see what this offense. I'm gonna come is. back to this topic in just a minute. Too. Uh number three. Some of y'all just you know, y- 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 if you don't want to blame one guy, you're blaming Will Rogers. I-, I think some of y'all think Will Rogers is the reason, like you have a leak in your faucet or your car won't start. Like, oh damn, Will Rogers. <laughs> Last night is not in any way on Will Rogers. Unless, uh-uh. And if because if you're gonna and if you're gonna try to give me the idea that Barbay doesn't have faith in Will Rogers, again that is not on Will Rogers. That's on yeah. Barbay. Either fix the offense to work with what you've got or pull him. But do one or the other. Don't just keep putting him out there and saying, "Well, I don't really trust him, but we got to do this." No, you don't. You're the head, you're the offensive coordinator. Make a change. So. Rodgers completed, as you said, I think 76% of his passes. He hit, Of his 13 completions, three were for touchdowns. And, oh, two were screens. He didn't go hand them the ball. He yeah. had to get the ball into their hands. It's great that his receivers made plays. That's what they're supposed to do. Just, and that was the that was the design play. Yes. The play was that, everything worked. That's what you want out of your offense. So, I mean, he could have had a fourth touchdown if Justin Robinson, you know, can 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 beat one man. Yeah. So, and then they had oh, well, I think it was a run they scored on when was it a run they scored on when Cole Smith held? Yeah. I think that I think run. it was a run. Yeah, Mark Mark uh, ran that in. Yeah, but still. You know, I mean and yes, there there's obviously we've said this from the start, there's obviously 
a cap on what Will Rogers can do from getting the ball down the field. I mean, he's not he's not going to be a guy that's going to sling it 80 yards down the field or even 40 yards that very often. That's just not his talent. That's not his game. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a whole lot of design plays for him to do any of that. Right. I, I'm just like I just feel like every time it's got to be Will Rod. You know, Will Rogers can't run this offense. Will Rogers can't do this and that. I don't know what he could have done differently yesterday. He even seemed frustrated mm-hmm. by what was going on. Mm-hmm. I put every bit of the offense yesterday on the play calling and on the offensive staff. I mean, I, like at the end of the day, at some point, you've got to say. You know, this is a, there's a there's a guy that's running an offense. There's a guy that's calling plays. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is an issue. Yeah, for Will Rogers. We we've always talked about you know working around the strengths of your team, and I felt like you know Kevin Barbet did that in the first in the first game. I didn't think he did that yesterday. No, I don't either. Uh, we didn't fun. we didn't see we didn't see a whole lot of things. But Will oh, Rogers that's to the next me one. that's the next but one. But just let, let me finish. Yeah, Will Rogers to me was not a problem yesterday. There was a couple of plays where he held the ball too long, yeah. might have missed a receiver or two. But to me, Will Rogers played a, a fine enough ball game uh, for Mississippi State to be much more successful yeah. offensively. I'm People just, expect I'm not gonna perfection blame from Will Rogers for some reason. They expect him to be 25 for 25 for 350 yards and five touchdowns every game. And, I, just, and, it, and if he is, and if he's that, yeah. somebody else is going to get the credit for it. Right. Well, great game plan. Had guys, receivers did a great job. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's weird. Number f- uh, four. Coaches do things every week, every week in every football game. It's not a Mississippi State thing that I just don't understand. And it, it, this week for me, I'm going to leave Creed Whittemore out because I think he got. You, you mentioned he got banged up. I think in the first half. I think. Well, I think. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he may have still been on the field. I don't know. He had his helmet off a couple of times. Let's, so. just, let's just move on. But with Mike Wright, I don't understand how you you show him off against Southeast Louisiana. He has nearly 100 yards rushing. And then in a game where you're running the football effectively, he doesn't carry the ball until the fourth quarter. I, I don't you, – you brought him in for plays to hand off. Now, if those are zone reads, okay, I guess – but then you've got to, at that point, you have to, again, you're the coach, you're the offensive coordinator, you're the play caller. you got to design something that gets him the ball where he can run. You've got to do that. And it just, it drives me insane that, you know, you see him against an FCS school and it looks, okay, this guy is obviously going to be a big piece of the offense. And the next week, he could have just not played and it would literally not have made a difference in the game. Yeah. And again, this is the the, the crew that was calling from. Dan Mullen, like we saw some of this stuff from Dan Mullen all the time. Mm-hmm. Something would work against somebody, and the next week he wouldn't do any of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw. Well, and and listen, I'm all like, the time on the show, right, Robbie? We, coaches get away from things that work faster than anybody else. Yeah, and I like I just I don't know what happened. I, I really don't because this guy averaged what like 14, 13 yards of rush last week. Mm-hmm. And was a shoestring away from, you know, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I was trying to make sense of it, and I thought, you know, maybe he's banged up, and they're just trying to use him just for a decoy or something. And then he kept the ball one time and lost like two yards. So it just, I guess he, they just weren't utilizing him correctly, or he didn't want to run. I, I don't know, but it was a, you know, total 
fumble there for Mississippi State not doing more with Mike Wright, and you've got to do something with him. Yeah. He's got to be part of your game plan every single week. And it doesn't have to be a deal where you've got a quarterback controversy. These two quarterbacks can coexist and needs to be planned out in some situations and then other situations, um, you know, do it on your gut. But he needs to have more plays and he has he needs to have like drives. He needs to have chunks of plays. He needs to have four or five plays in a row. The whole bring him in one play and then bring him back out, I don't think that does much for your offense from a um, a standpoint of having some kind of uh, control on the style of play that you have or whatever. I, I think that just kind of puts you behind the eight ball when you're changing guys out like that. So you got to utilize them a lot better, and they, they failed on that on Saturday. Yeah. All right, we are on number five. I think the – the offense being so bad, like, is is tainting my view of the defensive performance. Because the, I woke up this morning and I had a text from Michael Borky, and he was like, "State that good, bad offensively, and are they that good defensively?" And I was just like, "I don't think they were that good defensively," and and that made me think, right? And I'm just like, "Well, State's offense couldn't stay on the field. The defense forced five turnovers." They did enough to win this game handily. Am I right? Am I right? Am I? Am I? Was the defense not as bad as I'm thinking it was? I mean, I know they. I know uh, they gave up some points, and they. I mean, they only gave up 24 points. We, we've seen that. We've seen this kind of defense from Mississippi State before. Like you know, kind of. Not. I don't know if it's been, but don't break. But maybe like a little, boomer bust. I guess. Um, where you know they they can make some big plays, but they can also give up some big plays. Yeah. So maybe it's a little bit of that. I mean, when you when you turn a team over five times, you've done your job defensively. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to say that the defense had a terrible night when you force five turnovers, and then I thought the last possession of regulation was huge for Mississippi State too to hold them to a field goal right there because they had all the momentum. They had a big play. They were marching down the field. You got a defense got a big stop right there. So when you needed the defense to come up with big plays, they made them. Now there's a ton of things they have to fix, but to me, it's it's like little, it's little stuff that's leading the big stuff. It's guys being out of position. It's guys not you know not finishing tackles. It's stuff that we know that these players can do. So they just have to do it. I didn't think the Cameron Richardson was particularly good. That's the game was not great. Yeah, he struggled. I thought Sean Preston was good. Um, he was kind of a spark for you a little bit. Um, and then you know the two linebackers, Jet and Buki, were great. But defensive line, they're you know could have had more push up there. They didn't play great. The, yeah. the defense was not great. But you got five turnovers, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah. All right, number six. Yeah, 39 rushes, 17 pass attempts. A lot of people are freaking out about that. What I'm going to say here is the ratio of runs to passes doesn't concern me. It's the ratio of runs to passes when you're not dominating one side of the ball. Mm. If State's averaging eight, nine, if they're just getting eight, nine, ten yards every time they run the ball, if they're going if they're on pace to get 400 yards rushing, yeah, run the ball every play. I don't have a problem with that. Same thing on the other side. 
if Rodgers is just finding guys and there's just gaps in the secondary, throw the ball every play. I don't care. You know, yards are yards. But I do have a problem when they're when you're they slow down the running game, and you and you you're not going to try to take the top off of anything. I mean, you you run the ball that much to set up play action passes so you can throw deep. We were told there was going to be the deep throws in this in this offense. Where are they? I said something to you in the game last night. I said at some point you have to call. You know, maybe I'm just an NCAA football guy, but you got to call four verts, and you got to tell Will Rogers throw the ball in the end zone. You know, I think I think it's right when State had taken over, uh, or they had the ball into they got a turnover. They got a turnover, and they had the ball at like the thirty-five yard line or something. I'm just like, just tell Will Rogers, we're going, we're going to send everybody on on the fly, throw it in the end zone, find the the guy who's the most open, and just let him make a play. You got to you got to do that at some point. You just got to say, "eff it," for lack of a better word, as or as uh, Zach Arnett might say, "never mind." Uh you got to do that. And it just bothers me that coaches do this, that they, they're not having the kind of success that you should have if you're going to keep going to the well, and they but they won't go away from the well either. It's like you said earlier, like for whatever reason, Mississippi State's offense just gets in this like mundane state. Like there's a lot of like boring about it over the mm-hmm. years. And it's really frustrating because you you see these these coaches that come here that have had some exciting offenses, like Joe Moorhead, for instance. His offense at Penn State looked a whole lot different than it did when he came to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Those those explosive plays we always talk about explosive plays they're going to go up they're going to they never did right. Um, so I, I don't know what the I don't know what the issue is, and I don't know if it's just going to take. You know, uh, we're not we're not going to blame Will Rogers, but is it going to take a guy with this, with a di- different skill set? I don't know. If does Kevin Barbade just not trust that he can make that play? Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I've I've always been one of those guys. When you get a big play, go take a shot, see if you can capitalize on that right away. And State just never does it. They come out and you know on that possession you're talking about. I think they ran, ran the, the ball, ball. Yeah. immediately and got like three yards yeah. and. It's just that they wasted so many opportunities to really blow that game open mm-hmm. and do something big, and that's what's kind of frustrating about it. And you just you hope and pray that that's not going to be the the normalcy for this offense. All right, uh, number uh, number eight. Is that right? Uh, no, number seven. I'm sorry. That was the ninth best team Mississippi State will play this year. They they are. Not as good as any SEC team Mississippi State will play, I don't think. I think everybody else in the conference that State plays could beat them. Kentucky could beat them. Ole Miss could beat them. A&M could beat them. Arkansas could beat them. Auburn is iffy. Auburn is iffy. That's the iffiest one. So, I think they're better than – they're better than me, Auburn? I think they're better than Cal. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I think Arizona is better than Cal. So could they could they beat Auburn is the big question. Very iffy, but I mean it's not it's not much. So, and I will say this: they're improved from last year. I think they, they can. I they think can, they, they can improve their their win total six seven wins. They can get to a bowl. Yeah, that's that that is in my opinion the ninth best team state's going to play uh, this year. Number uh, eight. Good news: the SEC is not very good. 
And I don't know if you're a person that would ever feel sympathy for Ole Miss, but if you are, well, they really got it this year because there's really one great team in the conference, and it's Georgia, and they have to play them. So that's that's bad news for them. Everybody else in the West, other than Auburn, who plays them every year, got lucky on that one. But Alabama, look, Alabama's still really, really good football team. They they lost they lost to a good team Saturday night, but they're still good. LSU's a good football team. AM is a talented football team. I saw an, an incredible tweet today, Robbie. I got to tell you about this. I don't know. And, and I'm forgive me. I know I'm going to just butcher this poor guy's name. I think it's Shaha Jarayaja, who, who was CBS Sports. And he said, I think one, he said, my, it's just like a conspiracy theory. He said, one of the reasons that Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama are all down is because you've got 15 or 10 or 15 of the top defensive linemen in the country. Toiling in obscurity at Texas A&M. I mean, how much if those guys aren't at A&M, if they're at Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson, like they should be, how much better are those teams? So it's really crazy, by the way, yeah. how how just mid A&M is. I mean, that mid is the right word, but that mean that means that you you watch State last night and you're like, oh god, they play terribly. Arkansas didn't play great yesterday. Auburn played poorly yesterday. A&M lost. Ole Miss was sweating it until the final minutes against Tulane. Everybody, you know, even Alabama, and when I, I mean, when I say everybody's beatable, I mean by Mississippi State. State yeah. could beat LSU this weekend, and it, it would be a surprise, but it's doable. I, I'm very interested. In the conference. Yeah, in I'm the very East. interested to see how State rebounds. Yeah. In the East, it's the same thing. Like, Tennessee has not looked incredible. Georgia is obviously very good, but they've played. The other thing with Georgia is they played nobodies. They're not going to be tested at any point. They could get to the SEC championship game and not have played, had a real test at any point. Maybe Tennessee, but I don't know what I make of Tennessee just yet. So we'll see. I don't know what to make of just about anybody. Georgia, I think, is going to be the unquestioned, mm-hmm. um, you know, king. Yeah. And then everybody else is just, I mean, Alabama should beat most everyone on their schedule, but, you know, I, Tennessee being at Bama is going to be – that's that's going to change my opinion on that game. I think they win that one, but mm-hmm. LSU can beat Bama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I, it's just not – I don't know if it's there's more parity or everybody else is getting better. I, th- or I think Alabama – is getting worse. Alabama is still good, but they're coming down a little bit. Yeah, LSU has gotten better. A and M has so much talent. They just, you know, Ole coaching Miss, is just getting in the way there. Ole Miss schemes themselves to victories. Kiffin's offensive game plans gives them a chance because they can score points in almost every game. Arkansas, I don't have very high hopes for. I, I just they have not been dominant. And, and they're playing without Rocket Sanders right now, so that's a problem. And then Auburn. I, I mean, I, I had Auburn last in the West for a reason. You can tell. So yeah, their game last night was ugh. tough. Watch, really tough. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I think we're all focused on, you know, Mississippi State. And that's, and, yeah. We just keep up Mississippi State. But you look at some of these other teams. You got to widen well, your gaze a little bit. I mean, would Missouri. You be, today, would you rather be a Mississippi State fan or a Texas A&M fan? True. It's just that simple. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it, I know this, like, this is annoying. And I know that everybody was just, like, left the stadium with a bad feeling. State still won. They won. You get a chance to leave that game and say, "Oh, this, you know, this game was this game sucked, but we won." Yeah. 
So you can kind of build on that. And I, I'm very interested to see how they rebound. You have a lot of veterans on this team. And it, it would just be very shocking to me if this team came out and had another bland game. And if I don't think that Kevin Barbet is going to put that on the field next year, next week. I just don't. I, I, I refuse to believe that. If you go back and look at some of his stuff too, mm-hmm. you know, look at that A&M game last year. Mm-hmm. When they just like played, you know, you know, clock control and all that. Yeah, that wasn't pretty. But they won, right? And, and look, um, I think the opponent is the issue there. It's like if yeah. they have to do that to beat Arkansas, or yeah, A&M, it's fine. But being our yeah. Arizona, especially when you, know, you went up fourteen nothing, and it really should have been twenty one nothing. That I mean that that just changes your whole view of the game. So they just got to. I think he just did they. Yeah, the witted kid, the tight end. Oh, that's a good commit. We'll talk about that tomorrow. That's that's the, um, not for our Sunday shows. But um, yeah, I mean, I I just it really felt to me like Barbe just said we're have we're going to be able to just run the ball down their throats and we don't have to to throw it yeah. at all. You're right, and I, I think that he just got stuck in that and he he wasn't looking at the score or anything like that and just thought you know let's just let's roll with it. But yeah. That's not going to work. Uh, number nine. I'm not going to change my prediction today, but it's a little shaky. If anything, I, if I was going to change it, Robbie, I would add a win. I have AM as a loss. Feel like that's, <laughs> feel like that's a chance to win now. I have South Carolina as a loss. That feels like a chance to win now. I, yeah. I, I, might, I might be willing to go to 10 and 2. I don't know, but that's but, what's crazy about this whole thing, man. Every SEC that, game outside of LSU Alabama is a toss up this year for state. Every one of them. Yeah. So I, I think I think that there's definitely some winnable games out there in conference play if state just just does their thing. I mean that they, they can't they can't do what they did Saturday. Right. But I I'm not shaking in my boots over South Carolina or AM right now. Even after what I saw yesterday with State. Yeah. All right, last one. Number ten. I changed my mind on something. I was going to go one way, and then I thought about it, and I'm, I'm going to go the other. I'm not going to get any, on anybody about attendance. I'm just not. And I'll tell you why. And this is a, this is a Zach Selman issue at this point. This is a Zach Selman and a Zach Arnett issue. The, the, the Arnett issue, I talked about it earlier. Football is supposed to be entertaining. Supposed to enjoy it. Who enjoyed last night? I mean, you got to be, yeah, I'm a college football sicko, so I got a kick out of it. But like, you pay your good money and if you come and you think your team's going to win and win big, it's 14 nothing, and you're like, all right, we're going to win. And all that happens. I get why people are like, I'm going to watch the first couple games before I decide if I'm coming to LSU. I get it. And then on top of that, and here's the Selman part I mean, the lighting in the stadium is not great. You still don't have the LED lights. The right, here you go. You're making excuses just like everybody no, no, no. else. Well, oh, this is what I'm going to tell you though. And like the, I, I, I know the audio issues have been going on for like six or seven years, and they can't get them fixed for whatever reason. Again, I, I'm going to look at it from this 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 uh this viewpoint of these are your entertainment dollars. These are the same dollars you spend to go to the movies or go to a theme park or you know you, you want to have fun with your family. Is it fun? To come to Mississippi State football games right now? Is it fun? I don't think it's very fun. So See, until- th- this is the this is the issue I have with you on this. Okay. 
your your opinion changes so drastically and it, it goes and it when did. you go but when you go in on that opinion it's so it, it's it's as drastic as the shifts that you I'm make not, i'm trying not to be too drastic says, about it i'm just saying that right but now, like it, but but now, like from one based on one game mm-hmm. you know 24 hours ago you you were you were saying yeah. look at all those empty seats that's, that's ridiculous and on one game now you're saying well, mississippi state's not entertaining enough people shouldn't be coming to games no, 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 and now you're going to spark people to say well brian's right i think i shouldn't come to games i'm now. not saying people shouldn't come to games if you want to come to the games yeah I, look if somebody's like i can dove hunting or one of those things like I, i'm not i'm not too plussed on that it's like you could go with another day i get it but like if you're a person who's just thinking you know we could go but i just don't know that's going to be a very good time I get it. I get it. If you're a person who's like, I want to see the first couple of games, and if they win and they look all right, I'll come to the LSU game. I get it. I get it. I, I'm going to try not to be so so locked in here. Now, look, that being said, you're playing a nationally ranked team. You're 2-0. You have a chance to win this football game. I think people should show up for this game on Saturday. They should have a good crowd on Saturday. If there's not a good crowd, then that's maybe a symptom of a, of a larger thing. Because well, now, you, now you've confused everyone. Well, only the dummies, and I don't worry about confusing them. So my my whole thing is, you're either invested in mm-hmm. your football team and you're invested in in being successful, or you're not. Right. I and agree. if you're if you if if you're saying to yourself. You know, they ran the ball 39 times and passed at 17. I don't want to see this. That's perfectly fine. That's that is perfectly fine. You it's your money. You do with it what you want to. Mm-hmm. The LED lights are not flashing. I don't I don't want to go to that. The video board is is not good. They don't have replays. I'm not gonna go to that. Do you want your team to win or not? Because to me, the best the best way to to help fix all that is to show up to the games, pack out the stadium, and then you know we can complain about that stuff when you're there and get it fixed or whatever. That's but not a bad just point. Not, that's not a bad point. Just not showing up to me, just not showing up. That's hurting your football program. That's, I think that's hurting. That's hurting recruiting. That's hurting the talent on the field when they say, "Why would I want to go? Why would I want to uh, stay at Mississippi State when I can go to Georgia and play in front of eighty thousand people that are actually excited that to be there." You know, with Mississippi State, and I know this is like the the argument people like to make for for bringing the stadium down. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that or not, but whatever. But with Mississippi State, I mean, the ten thousand. Let's say I don't know what was. Did they announce the attendance last night? Maybe fifty one, maybe fifty something like that. That's probably. I would probably. I thought it was like forty eight, but so that's what twelve thousand empty seats, right? Those are casual fans, man. That's all they are. They're they're they are people who they they like Mississippi State, but they are not like you said invested in Mississippi State. The forty eight thousand, you know, I mean, there were what maybe a thousand Arizona fans there at best. So forty seven thousand Mississippi State fans were there. Those are the ones that are invested. They're locked in. They're they're going to come to the games. It's tough to get the other ten thousand people in there when the product is not entertaining and the experience isn't the best it can be. Yeah, I mean, it goes hand in hand. I mean, you got, you've got you got to give people 
yeah, something reason to want to come to see. But at the same time, you're casual fans, your what, what your cars say, are coming no matter what. What I always say is, you know, Dan Mullen came to Mississippi State, and before he had even coached a game, they had the largest crowd right. for a home game in Mississippi State history. What he said was correct. It's you got to support, and that brings wins. It's not wins bring support. Yeah, I, I, I just I feel like for I just feel like for so many years now, there's been so many things stated for basketball. Baseball is a totally different animal, and it's right. it's creating it's mm-hmm. creating some dissension in the fan base. Mm-hmm. People are starting to despise baseball now because the fans show up for those games, but it's kind of a different animal. Yeah, basketball. It was. It's always well. They need to do this and this to get me to come to games. Yeah, and it's it's that way with football too. It's everything. All the stars have to align to get a sellout crowd for basketball and football. Mm-hmm. And I, I just you know that I think it's a problem. Going into overtime last night, half the stadiums left. I mean, you yeah. have a. I understand being kind of annoyed with what you've seen or whatever, but that's like you're leaving the ball game with the, your yeah. team having a chance to win the game. Yeah. Like that's that's a problem, and I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's fans looking in the mirror, if it's Zach Selman has to do something differently, if it's Zach Arnett. I don't know yeah. how to fix it. I really don't. One I, one thing I've said a few times that I think has hurt Mississippi State is that it's been now nine seasons since you had the big season. All right. And I always talk about the cycles, right? The cycle and the big year is what keeps people coming back. You have that big year and they get excited again. And they're like, all right, I can't miss a game. State was poised to have that in 2018. They should have had it in 2018. They didn't. Because Mullen leaves, Moorhead comes in, and it's just not the right fit, and it goes from there. And so you've gone now nine years without having a great team. Ole Miss had one two years ago. They won 10 games. They went to the Sugar Bowl. They had their their up year in the cycle. The other problem is this. This was supposed to be the up year in the cycle. Veteran team, everything was, everybody's coming back, and then Mike Leach passes away, and you have to make all these changes. And that has put that season in doubt. And people are just, they, if, if State doesn't have a nine-win season this year, if they don't have a great season this year, it's going to be another three or four years before they can cycle back up again. And you're talking about that point. It's been a, it's been 12, 13 years since you had a team that was ranked in the top 10 at any point. I mean, that's a long time to go for a program that, that wants to, you know, pride itself. So it's just tough. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have the, the attendance debates. You want to have them? I'll have them with you, but I'm not going to be the one bringing them up. Well, you, you were, you were ready to do it. I was all week. I was. I was all week, and we got to the game, and I was ready. And then just watching that game, I was just like, I get it. I get why, I, I, if you don't want to be here, I get it. And, again, my, my issue is, th- is this. If State's good next week mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot of people there, you're going to say, well, we got to talk about this crowd situation. Well, I'm, I'm going to say like, – I'm, I'm confused on I'm like, where gonna, we I'm are. Not, I'm just going to say it's surprising it wasn't a bigger crowd. But why would it be surprising if you're stating on this show they're I, it's not surprising at all that there, there's nobody there you're like, I, I, I wouldn't you, I didn't, you, you, I, you I, lean I, too heavily on if I get new information I'm gonna change my opinion but this isn't something that I'm just saying that if next week they don't have a big I think they should have a big crowd this week that's my prediction so we're gonna make a so for example if I were to predict state to lose to LSU you know 31 to 17 right let's just say that right 
and State wins 48-10. to I'm surprised by that because that's what happened. So right now I'm predicting there will be a good crowd. If there isn't one, I'll be surprised by that. But at the same time, I could be surprised by something and understand why it happened. How? I, I, how can you if, how can you be surprised but also understand? Well, because it's the same thing I just said. If wouldn't State, that be the? I mean, if State it's, comes it's out, kind of if State wins forty-eight to ten, and it's because LSU can't stop Mississippi State's offense, and LSU turns the ball over three or four times. I understand why LSU lost the game. I'm not going to be sitting here like state won, and I have no idea what happened. Yeah, but that no, no. I'm talking about just the general scope of it. You you would be surprised mm-hmm. that they uh, that they won the ball game. But I could tell by by watching by watching the ball game, I could explain to you how they won it. I understand how they did it. Well, we're talking about why fans aren't coming to game. That's a little bit. I think I, I don't. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's something that you can just like make a general statement about based I think on one game. You can game. quantify it in in some ways. Not on one game, though. Not on one game, but this will be three games. Yeah, I, but we, I think we you haven't have, seen. Mississippi I think you have State. a lot of fans who who wanted to see the first two games, and then they'll say, "Okay, I'll be at LSU." If State had lost Saturday night, I would I would tell you that I think there's going to be a terrible crowd for the LSU game. Yeah, well, I mean that that could be the case again here. And we we could see a ton of yellow in the crowd. It could be so. Right. And, and to me, that is a. I mean, that's that's Vanderbilt stuff. Yeah, that's well, if when you when when you have another team's fan base taking over your home stadium. That's I mean that's embarrassing. So if that happens on Saturday, that's going to be embarrassing. And for the people that that sit there and say, why can't we get this respect? Why can't we? Why do people look down on us as a you know lower tier SEC team or whatever? Well, it's stuff like that. It's like I said, you're either committed to being good at football, and that includes like showing up for games, giving to the NIL and all that stuff, or you've decided you're not committed to it. Hmm. And that's the that's a decision that you and your family have to come to terms with. And I'm not going to judge you as a person if you decide that you would rather spend time with your family. I'm not in any way going to judge somebody for that. But I will say that it just means that you're not as committed to uh, – that's a fair statement. You're not as committed to your football team as you are I agree. spending time with your family. And I agree. Nothing wrong with that either way, but right. it's a true statement. No, you're 100% correct. You're 100% correct. Like I said, the 10,000 empty seats are casual fans. Yeah. So if you're a season ticket holder, if you're somebody who bought season tickets – and you haven't been to these first two games, and you're like, ah, I'll probably be at the LSU game. You're a casual fan, and that's fine. Yeah. Just embrace it. I'm a cat. I, I like state. Yeah, I go also, why are you? But why are you buying season tickets and it's not? Using I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, but people are doing. But people it. do that. People are doing it. So. But I, I, don't, I hate, I hate doing the. Uh, I hate. I mean, uh, people got on to us before. But I hate like talking down to fans because we're yeah. sitting in the press box. I'm not, I, I want people to understand I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk down to fans. I'm I'm having a debate with you mm-hmm. over your statements. You're talking you're talking um, down to me. What you're doing. Well, you know, sometimes you need that. Mm. Your head needs to shrink about two sizes down That's like the Grinch's like the Grinch's heart. But I guess it's the you're opposite of the Grinch's heart. One. Mr. Falk. 
<laughs> You're the worst podcast on earth. I'm the worst podcast on earth. Does that make you the worst podcast on earth too? You've got a creepy pedo mustache. Hey, <laughs> you've Missed gone too far now. You've gone right. too far now. Well, you're right. So let's talk about something important instead. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee is for closers is brought to you by our friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order for shipping. Every time you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you support the Bulldog Initiative. I Kevin Barbet is an easy one for me. If I see him at Strange Brew Coffee, somebody knock that coffee right out of his hand. Try not to burn yourself. But Kevin Barbet absolutely cannot have coffee this week. No chance. Well, don't don't get that aggressive with him. He's a nice guy. Oh, now now you want me to be less more aggressive. Make up your mind. What do you want from me? Well, I don't want you to be aggressive and start, you know, knocking coffee out of people's hands. Yeah, knock it out. Why is Tom Brady wearing a New England Patriots jersey? Oh. Yeah, I think they're doing like a, a ceremony. It's his first time back since he uh, retired. Oh, okay. So. He's completely forgotten his time in uh, Tampa Bay already. Uh, well, I, maybe, I mean, you want to see the title there. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the SEC... I, you all think I'm going to say Alabama? I'm not. I'm not. They lost to a good team. It's Texas A&M. We're going. We're going to run. We're going to have. We're going to run this one back. We're going to have these issues again. I can't wait. I, I, I A&M now. I team. I, I. I. You know. I made a mistake for the season. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. My bad. My bad, guys. I screwed that one up. They'll probably. Yeah, I, sh- I should have stuck with my guns on they that. They for sure are a four-loss team, and probably a little bit more than that. They play in the East. They, they get lucky. They have Florida, I believe. No, they have Tennessee. They have Tennessee. Oh. So they'll lose to Bama. They'll lose to Tennessee. They'll lose to LSU. They've already lost to Miami. I mean, they can't now. They can't lose to State or Ole Miss, who've had their number the last two. They're in trouble. Real. If that if that Auburn game was at Auburn, yeah, that'd be scary. There you go. So and yeah, I'm. Oh my goodness, man! If they lose five games, he's you got to get rid of. He's gone. You just at that point, he's gonna be like, I don't care what it costs. He's got to go. I know you saw my tweet earlier too, like with him com- comparing him with the other top five teams and uh, recruiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he so Texas A&M has a top five talent roster, mm-hmm. which means what I what I say that they have you know as talented as a Basically, roster. Basically, if you as add up their teams. recruiting class numbers. You get a number, right? Yes, and and their number is top five. With I'm gonna yeah. assume Georgia, number four. Alabama, four. Okay, so the only two three teams ahead of them, in my opinion, it got to be Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Yes. Okay. And then the Clemson's right behind them. All four of those teams have, I think, at least fourteen more wins than uh, Jimbo Fisher mm. has in that in his time frame there. And they've all got um, at least like you know playoff trips or national championships, mm-hmm. and he has none of that. Oh, and Marcel, my favorite thing, which is the Sumlin versus Fitcher at this point. Yes, and I love that. Someone is three games ahead of him at this point. Unbelievable! And if you you fired that guy for being completely you know mundane, mm-hmm. and he's had a better career to this point than. Uh-huh. 
Jimbo Fisher has. Yes. Or at least at A&M. So A&M. And he produced the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. A&M is your no coffee here in the conference. Nationally, I wasn't really sure which way we were going to go until I got the uh, I saw the tweet uh, last night, and it's gone into today. It has to be Michigan State. Um, not really a joking matter what's going on there. Uh, another football coach brought down by his own hubris. If you're if you're Michigan State, you're ecstatic, by the way, because this guy clearly wasn't going to you know elevate that program, and you you foolishly gave him a ninety million dollar ironclad contract and now you're going to be able to fire him for cause you know texas yeah a, i mean texas a and going to be sniffing around going what, what what did he do what can we get him on uh but you know literally all he had to do is just not do anything stupid off the field and he was going to get paid this is the truth about every dumb college football coach coaches get fired for wins and losses man that happens and sometimes it mm-hmm. just doesn't work out but when coaches like and freeze and other for stuff like this, he had Art Briles at Oklahoma might have been the ones by the way because they had Art Briles on the dang sidelines yesterday. Uh, Jeff Levy uh, put that as his profile pick today. Him yeah. and Art Briles. Yeah, great. I thought you wanted he, to be head coach. I guess not. Um, I mean, gosh, he's not smart. Have some common sense. Thing. And the Big Ten again with a horrific sex scandal. Like, they can't stop having sex scandals in the Big Ten. This is two for Michigan State. That's two more than most schools will ever have. They've had two in the last five years. That's brutal. Brutal. Yeah, no. It's ridiculous, man. They got got a culture issue up there in the Big Ten. He'll be fired soon enough, and he's not going to get a penny of that money. And then, you know, of course, because he's a coach, within five years he'll be back in coaching probably, but Awful. All right. And uh, Mark D'Antonio is uh, is back involved. <laughs> yeah. Who just left because there were issues. Oh, jeez. This, this, they, they just recycled. I mean, they had the this same is, thing ever. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma, you know, they pushed Bob Stoops back out there on yeah. the sidelines. Yeah. So, all right. Tomorrow's <laughs> show, we'll recap what uh, Arnett and the players have to say on Monday. We'll talk recruiting. MSU just picked up a commitment. We'll do our SEC picks. I'm still two up on Robbie after this weekend. Oh, no, no change in the uh, – the standings after that. And then we got a great – this is LSU week, so you know what's happening. A lot of great content coming your way uh, heading into Mississippi State's game with the Bayou Bengals. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Bow to the masters. Break it down. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.